morning. I have the privilege and the honor of here in just a moment introducing my lovely wife. Her and I pastor Church on the Move, and she's one of the pastors here and has uh, ministered to and counseled many of you and has led many of you in many ways. And, And when she talks, the Word of God comes forth and the wisdom of God and the counsel of God And I believe that today will be no different, that you're going to experience God through her. And uh, she's been in ministry for many, many years. Uh, She uh, started back uh, as a Baptist, uh, worked in ministry in in a Baptist church uh, uh, as staff member in Baptist church. She's worked for uh, Chuck Swindoll's ministry and uh, worked for Lucy Swindoll. Uh, worked for Oral Roberts University, uh, Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has been here with me pastoring for the last almost 20 years this September. And so uh, she has lots to offer. And so uh, not to mention she's been under the tutorship of the greatest and the best, and that's the Holy Spirit. And so he's been teaching her and instructing her in many ways in many years, and, uh, and so today I am honored and pr- have the privilege of uh, introducing to you my lovely wife, Miss Patty Salcedo. Come on up. I'm going to need it. Anywho, here I am in all my glory. Anyhow. There was a rookie policeman who called into the station, and he said, Hello, Sarge, we have a case here. And a woman shot her husband for stepping on the floor she had just mopped clean. And the Sarge says, Have you arrested the woman? And he says, No, the floor's still wet. So, (laughs) okay, so wise rookie. Anyhow, maybe we should pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the mothers and the love that they represent. Thank you for using moms as your uh, angels and agents here on earth to to nourish and care for their, not only for their children, Father, but for their husbands as well. We thank you, Father, for all the moms in here in Jesus' name. Okay, so uh, in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 6, it says, we have it? Okay. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they will, without a word, may be won over by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct and accompanied by fear. By fear, Do not let your adornment merely be the outward arranging of the hair, wearing of gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner the former wives, in the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. First of all, we want to uh, go over that a woman who trusts in God submits. Now, that's kind of like a four-letter word to a lot of women because they can resist it. But to, resist, to, um, to submit this means to give in, to yield, and to accept, and to be under authority. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean you're uh, uh, no backbone. It means that you're willing to relinquish your desires and your preferences to one that's an authority. Um, 
and it's to put the other's desires first. And sometimes it's just real simple, like where you're going to go to eat or uh, what color of car you're going to buy. For children, it could be uh, having a tea party with your daughter instead of taking that much-needed nap. It could be singing one more nursery rhyme at bedtime or reading one more story. You're giving your own preferences into the, into the good of another and allowing them to, um, to, to make the decision or to, you know, be blessed. Um, my dad was a military man, and uh, when my mom and dad were, were married, of course they were married 32 years, mom packed up all of us kids, and she moved us to Alaska, to Italy, and to Austria, and, um, you know, she did this as a family. Uh, dad had been in the service for 26 years, and it was kind of decision time. He either had the choice to go back to Europe or back to Alaska or to retire. And he and Mom, you know, talked it over. He, he um, took her thoughts and her feelings into consideration because she really didn't want to pack up all of his kids and to have to move, uh, you know, out of the country again, let alone she had already moved, uh, you know, the family to at least six different states that I could recall. So she was, she was ready to, you know, give up the Army wife life. And they decided mutually to move uh, to Phoenix where Dad retired. And so um, it was just a neat thing to see that they worked together. It wasn't, you know, Dad probably would have stayed in the military forever. He, he was just a military man and loved it. But together they made the decision and came to the conclusion that it would be best for the family to retire. And the Bible says to submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority. And Christ left us an example that we should follow in his steps. And so we should submit to one another out of the reverence, out of reverence for Christ. Now, I have, a trouble, I have trouble sometimes submitting, right, honey? It's just um, because I don't like change. And when he, when he uh, talks about, you know, maybe a change, and usually when he wants to change something, it's not just the color on the wall. It's something big. So, um, and, but he knows I don't like change. Like when we moved to Tyler and started church on the move, we looked high and low all over the city for a, a place that would be appropriate for us to begin a church. Either the places were too small, too expensive, and it, it was just or maybe too far out of town or something. But we finally, on his birthday, August 17th, we located a building on 155 South. And we went there together, Marvin Jr. and his dad and I went there together and we looked at it and I thought, no way, this place is a dump, it's crowded, it's just dirty and everything. And so I just instantly, I said no. So I went and sat in the car while he talked to the landlord. And when he came out to the car, he says, well, we're getting this building. And it was like, no way. But what he did, and he does this so well, pencil and paper he got out and he drew for me where the auditorium was going to be, where the children areas were going to be, where hospitality was going to be, and click. I got the vision for it. But, um, and he, he does that really good where he's able to cast the vision for something. And uh, now that was on August 17th. He had already determined in his heart, no matter what, that we would have our first service on September 10th, which was 24 days away. And so there were walls that needed to be put up because it had two garage bay doors on the, on the side of the building. Uh, you know, carpet, it needed carpet, it needed paint thoroughly inside and out. And so, but within 24 days, we opened the doors and 
had our first service. No, he slept. He overslept that morning. And we wondered if he was going to show up, but it was just that he was exhausted from working nearly around the clock to get the building ready. But um, he knows I have a reluctance for change, but he gives me visuals. And that's why it says in Habakkuk 2, 2, write the vision and make it plain so that Patty can run with it. So, um, but God empowers and honors submission and causes it to turn out to be a big blessing for everybody. And that building was a blessing. Within a year, we were already outgrowing it. So um, I'm sorry that it takes me a while. <clears throat> but children learn the good effects and the outcome of submission when they see their parents working together, not arguing about stuff, but just coming to mutual agreements on on what needs to be done, whether it's where you're going to take a vacation or what movie you're going to see or what you're going to do on Friday night. And um, your children are watching and listening to what you say. For moms, they're watching and listening to what you say about their dads, about their in-laws, about uh, church, about their teachers, everything. So we need to speak with respect about those people that are in authority or else we're raising rebellious children. And um, it takes inner strength and submission and confidence, not a weak-willed person, to submit. And so a strong person that trusts in God knows that all things will work together. So a woman of grace trusts in God and submits. And just a side note here, the, it says here, do not let the adornment be merely outward, arranging of the hair, wearing of gold, uh, putting on fine apparel. And it says, a gentle and quiet spirit is very precious in the sight of God. Okay, so uh, stop the nagging, <laughs> you know, and learn to be a, a, a quiet and gentle Is he bothering you? Um, so, but the Lord does say that it's very precious to him. And, you know, it's, it's got to be precious to your kids rather than nagging and all of that. And I had the gift of reminders. My son may remember that. And it could probably be translated as nagging, but, you know, I'd remind him about everything. But, uh, but a quiet and gentle spirit does not mean, does not mean the silent treatment. And to, to just shut down and to not talk, and there are people that don't talk for days to each other, and that's, um, that's not right. That's showing your children that, you know, it, it's exampling manipulation and, and that type of thing to your children, and no good can come from that. So, um, and the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. On the flip side, it says, a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping and dripping and dripping on a rainy day. And it also says, it's better to live in the desert or the corner of a roof than to live with a contentious wife. And, you know, that's not only a contentious wife, but also a contentious mom. So we want to, um, you know think about what we say before it just comes out of our mouth and to, to speak in love, especially to our children. And another thing it says, don't let your adornment merely be the outward. But that doesn't, God's not saying don't fix your hair and don't put on makeup. In fact, please fix your hair and please put on makeup. Dan asked me last week, he said, Miss Patty, do you ever put on your makeup when you're driving? And I said, no. I, uh, no way. I said, I make sure that I am together before I walk out the door. And so, and that's true, right, honey? Even when we're going to stay home all day and not do anything, the hair's done and the makeup's on. And I have a happy husband. So, a woman of grace trusts God, 
submits and fixes her hair in her face. And a woman of God, uh, a woman of grace, also commits. And to me, a commit means to trust, and we do trust in God. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is, the, is Ruth. And um, the story of Ruth, it goes into how she lost her husband, she lost her brother-in-law, and she lost her father-in-law, almost, you know, boom, 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 right back to back. And she chose to leave her homeland of Moab and go with Naomi, her mother-in-law, to, back to Israel. Uh, Israel, I mean, uh, Naomi and her family had come from Israel and had gone to uh, Moab. And she had heard the good things about the, the nation of Israel and the God of Israel. And so Naomi and, and probably Naomi's family had made Israel very attractive to her. And so she was willing to give up everything, her family and everything that was familiar, to go on this journey to Israel where she had never been before. And she, and you know, the chances were being a, Moab, a Moabite, she could have been rejected by the people of Israel. But she chose to go. She chose to go with her mother-in-law. They must have had an exceptional relationship. And I don't believe that her objective in going with Naomi was to get married again and to to start a family. But um, she did go to Israel with Naomi. She did meet Boaz. And Boaz and Ruth became the parents of Jesse, who was the father of David, who became a king. And King David was in the direct lineage of Jesus Christ. So she was an exceptional woman. But Ruth made the following pledge to Naomi as they were going on this journey. And uh, Ruth had, had, I mean, Naomi had tried to convince her to go back. Go back to your family. Go back to what's familiar. But Ruth wouldn't hear of it. And she said, and I love this, it's so powerful, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. And may the Lord deal ever so severely with me, if anything but death separates you and me. When Pastor Marvin and I got married, we included that scripture in our marriage vows. And I think it was so powerful, and it was so real, and so, I mean, it just sealed the commitment that we had with each other. And um, I also made vows, and, and my son and I had a covenant together, too. Being a blended family... I came in as a mom to him, and so we, we, I knelt down, and, and we held hands, and we made a pledge to one another as a mother and son. And even though I didn't give birth to him, he is my son. I love him. It's been a privilege and a joy to, to get to raise him. And I wanted Marvin Jr. to know that I wasn't just marrying his dad. We were becoming a family. And I was just committed to him, just as committed to him as I was to his dad. And so, um, and from the very beginning, he chose to call me mom. And I always called him son. And to this day, I've never referred to him as my stepson. And as far as I know, he doesn't call me a stepmom. I'm mom. And um, adoption wasn't wasn't an option because his birth mom is still living and he had good relationship with her. And so I just stepped in as not even a substitute mom, but as his mom. And so it was, um, uh, you know, it was a privilege. And it wasn't always easy, but there's a bond that's anchored there in Christ. 
And I love my son as much today, 25 years later, as I did when we made those vows. And so my reward for raising this young man and loving him and being a mom to him is that I've got an awesome daughter-in-law and two of the best grandkids you could ever imagine. And so my life is full and my life is blessed for making the, the commitments that I have in my life, the commitment that we've made to our church. Each and every one of you are so precious to me because we're family. And, you know, when we started this church, it wasn't just to have people come. It's so that we could be called together as a family, the family of God. And so um, even one day, I think it was right around the time Marvin Jr. and Rachel were preparing to get married. They were living in Tulsa at the time, had just graduated. Well, they graduated on a Friday night. They got married on a Saturday morning. Uh, praise God that we only have one kid that did that. So um, it was pretty crazy. But um, I happened to be talking to Marvin's birth mom, uh, Novella, and she actually thanked me and commended Pastor Marvin and I for raising him. And it was so humbling to hear his birth mother thank me for, for raising him and being a mom to him. And so um, that, that was, you know, very humbling. And so, um, and I'm as much committed to being a nana to my grandchildren as I was to raising my son. It's a privilege. And we need to, um, to remember that parenting is a partnership. It takes both mom and dad to raise healthy children. And it's sad to see uh, the number of non-resident dads or the non-involved dads in their children's lives. And so, you know, I commend you moms that are raising your children by yourself as single moms. That's, you know, I commend you for that. Um, and I'd encourage you, if you are in a blended family, make a family covenant. It doesn't matter if you've been in that family for a long time or not, or if you're just stepping into a, a, a blended family. Let those kids know that you're committed to them. Let, let them know that you're as committed to them as you are to their husband or their mother, whichever way it may be. And, and that will bring blessing on your family because God... He hates divorce, but he loves unity. And when we're unified together as a family, that's where blessings will come in. So a woman of grace is a committed woman, committed to God first, her husband, her kids, or stepchildren, and the church, too. Um, Mother's Day was always an emotional day for me. My mom died when I was 19. She died a horrendous death of cancer. And... Um, it was just really hard for me to accept that. I mean, I was young, and uh, I was even pregnant at the time that she was dying. The, it was just a horrible situation, but I lost that baby. So it was just um, a really tough time when my mom died. And I still feel the impact of losing her. There's not a day go by when I don't think about her or miss her. And so... Um, so for those of you, and I know there's a couple in here who've lost their moms even just recently, my heart goes out to you. I know your pain. I know the, the loss that you feel. And, but God's given two promises. We've got great memories, and we've got the hope of heaven. So, and for those who um, still grieve the loss of a child, whether through um, the death of a child or, or um, a, a miscarriage, whatever it may be, 
Know that he's the God of all comfort, and he knows your pain since he lost his own son as well. For single moms, the Bible says that the maker is your husband, and he is the father to the fatherless. In his time, he will richly reward your commitment to providing for your children. And moms and dads who are raising rebellious kids, the prodigal son's dad never gave up on him returning home and being restored to the family. So don't you give up. Keep praying for those kids that might be in rebellion. And for women who've longed to have children but never had or never could, God says says he sets the lonely in families, and that's the family of God. And that's the church. And he gives the barren woman more children than she who has a husband. That's in Isaiah 54.1. And it sounds like God is, for me, he's putting a plug in for children's ministry. Because when we invest in the lives of other children, that, that helps us to deal with maybe the loss of a child or not having our own children or um, maybe not ever having our own children. So... God wants us to to pour our lives, whether it's through children's ministry or whatever, pour your lives into someone else and pour, make an investment in their lives as well. And today I just want you to know, moms, that you're loved and appreciated. We couldn't be here without you. And so, and life is so much better because of the mothers we have in our lives. So thank you. Thank you, Father. We thank you so much for today. We thank you, Father, for the mothers that are in this place. We thank you, Father, for the children that will be born to the women that are in this place, as well as the, uh, just the opportunities, Father, to see their children grow in the things of God. Father, we, we just give you honor and glory for this day, and thank you, Father, that we can set aside a day to love and appreciate mothers. In Jesus' name.